In an eerie repeat of Game 3, Miami hung tight with Philadelphia through three quarters until the Sixers capitalized on a heat-scoreless stretch to start the fourth quarter, and James Harden went to work. Despite another strong night from Jimmy Butler, Miami's three-point shooting was once again non-existent, and the Heat dropped Game 4 with a series now tied at two games apiece. We'll break down what went wrong, the absence of Duncan Robinson, and much more on today's playoff edition of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. I'm David Ramil, and with me, as always, is my co host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Miami went into Sunday's game four needing to win on the road. A challenge made tougher because they would be without backup center Dwayne Dedman out due to an unspecified illness. But the Heat were competitive early on, getting some nice production from Bam Adebayo, who looked much more aggressive than he did in game three, as well as Victor Oladipo, who provided an immediate spark using his speed to draw fouls and finish with seven points. In the first quarter, the Sixers pulled away in the second quarter behind James Harden. But Jimmy Butler was once again sensational, getting to the rim, finding soft spots in the Sixers' defense from mid-range, and of course getting to the line. In the third quarter, Jimmy was even better, scoring 17 of his game-high 40 points and keeping the Heat to just a four-point deficit. But in a strange and nearly identical replay to Game 3, Jimmy sat out to start in the fourth quarter for way too long, and the Sixers took advantage of a three-and-a-half-minute scoreless stretch by Miami to extend their lead to 14, and Miami was playing catch-up for the rest of the way. Jimmy and Bam put up huge efforts to keep Miami close, scoring a combined 17 points in the fourth quarter. But it was the three-point shot that was once again the difference for each team. Miami got as close at five at different times during the fourth quarter, but every time they got a rare stop and an opportunity to cut it even closer, they missed another shot from the perimeter. Finishing the night, just a woeful 7 of 35 from long range, 20%, while Harden, just seemed to come up with big shot after big shot, scoring 16 points in the period, including four made three-pointers. And Miami lost game four, 116-108, with a series tied at two games apiece after the game. Eric Spolstra talked about the three-point shooting because that was really the difference for both teams. And while he was asked about Duncan Robinson, who once again did not play a single minute and downplayed the shooting struggles to some degree, instead, Spo pointed to the Miami's defensive issues late in the game. Here's exactly what he had to say. And then obviously right now, you know, you look at the, the percentage, uh, you know, that's a, a, an easy conclusion. But, um, you know, I, I, we still had some really good looks. Uh, and, and the guys that, that got the looks are some of, you know, we have great three-point shooters uh, on, on this team. Uh, it just seemed like the, it's kind of flipped, you know. Uh, I think it seems like Philly was saying the same thing in, in the two games in Miami. We're saying uh, the same thing here. Um but look, we pride ourselves on being able to find different solutions to, to win. Um, and this one, you know, we, we felt like we could have pushed, you know, to be able to, to get this one in the grind, in the mud. Um, but again, those big threes and big shots they hit uh, down the stretch just uh, didn't allow that. There you have it. Not sure I buy it ex- exactly, Wes, because uh-huh. I think – like, it's hard not to have a conversation about Miami's three-point shooting and separate Duncan Robinson not playing because he is one of the better shooters in the game. He hasn't played a single second in this series, uh, certainly not tonight. 
And conversely, Eric Spolster said, well, it wasn't really a three-point shooting. Easy to point to that, as he said in the clip. And yet it was the defensive issues that led to some big shots from Harden and others. I thought those shots were mostly well defended. You have to give credit to Harden. Unfortunately, he was able to hit big shots one time when he was isolated on Bam at a bio. Thought he could take a step back, fade away three. And Bam defended as well as he possibly could. Still nailed the shot and still, again, provided that kind of cushion, that momentum shift in Philadelphia's mm-hmm. favor. When they were playing ahead anyway, all they needed was a big shot to just continue to kill Miami's spirit. Conversely, on the other end of the floor, yeah. Miami couldn't get a shot from anybody. So where do you stand on that? I mean, it's yeah. like, how do we get into this conversation about the three-point shooting and not talk about Duncan Robinson? Well, I mean, it's hard, but... Also, you look at what Spo said, and he said, you know, we have capable three-point shooters, but those shooters weren't making shots. You have um, Tyler Hero, one of five. Max Strews, two of five. And one of those was a garbage time three that doesn't count. Kyle Lowry, 0 for 6 tonight. And obviously, Mm -hmm. he's dealing with the hamstring concern that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, you have a bunch of really good shooters. They weren't making shots. Something that I was thinking about in this game, David, was this... It was a copy and paste from game three, right? Where you had Philadelphia making like half of their threes, Miami not making any of theirs. Jimmy Butler keeps them in the game for the entire third quarter. Then the fourth quarter starts, Jimmy Butler's on the bench, and then the Heat go, like they they go scoreless for almost three uh, three plus minutes. Uh, and then the game slips away and that's it, right? And th- that's the game. That's and that was the same thing that happened in game three. Um, what I, And not only is it that, right? Not only is it just exact replica of game three it's giving me vibes of that four game losing streak which i hate to say that the way that the heat revamped the rotation we talked about it so much where you just put shooters all around jimmy butler they're not doing that they are back into the victor oladipo stuff there and like oladipo is not the reason they lost tonight but it's the the spacing isn't there you're it's not what it was when you revamped the rotation and this is miami's biggest problem their best players are not their best three-point shooters. Yeah. And you you are so reliant on somebody like Kyle Lowry, who is so important defensively at the point of attack, so important in terms of ta- setting the table on offense. He's been pretty streaky as a three-point shooter all season long. You're sure. really reliant on Max Struess as part of that starting lineup. You're basically staggering Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. So Tyler Hero is not creating a ton of space for Jimmy Butler because he's mostly... But they do play together quite a bit, especially late in games. Tyler Hero missed a couple of easy buckets too late, and his struggles were really pronounced uh, in this game. And we will we'll, we'll touch that on that later during Blame Pie. But um, this is just—I don't know if it's fluke, if, it, if it's a fluke, if it happens two games in a row because it feels so big in this moment. But it is still yeah. just two games. But yeah. by, Miami has missed fifty-one of their last sixty-five three-point attempts. That is an unbelievable, unbelievable. mark, and you've got to think that it will. Something about playing back in Miami on Tuesday night should fix things. Also, yeah. just normal, you know, average shooting averages and just the fact that I can't imagine that they shoot 20% from three-point range for three straight games. I just yeah. can't imagine that happening. But um, it also, I just, I don't like the spacing. I don't love the way it looks on the court. Yeah, you're making, you, you missed a bunch of open looks. And if you make a bu- uh, if you make half of those open looks that you missed, the Heat probably win this game, okay? Maybe it's just that simple, but... Um, I think it, more well, isn't it kind done of, than just hoping you make threes. Isn't it kind of the chicken and the egg thing, though? If, like, Struess hits that three, aren't, aren't he, isn't he going to draw a Tobias Harris or a Tyrese Maxey out to the perimeter to allow more spacing in the peri- in the, in the paint? Yeah, area? I guess. I mean, it's not like Jimmy Butler still scored 40 points. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it didn't hurt him that much. Um, maybe you're right. Like, I, 
I just it, it feels like the offense was better than it was in game three. Yeah. And maybe and maybe you're right. Maybe like once you start hitting those shots, um, and and so it's really hard. Like the more I the, the further I got away from game three, David, I don't know about you, the less concerned I was about it. It just felt like those misses felt so loud in the moment. You're like, what are they gonna do if like oh, Joel Embiid is back and all this? I'm like, you know what? They're not going to shoot like that again in game four. And this will be a series. And by the way, they were still in this game for the most part. But, you know, maybe, you know, it is just that simple that you just you come home to Miami and you're not you're not missing every single one of your three pointers. It it's, seems like. it's just hard to get past four of 21 combined shooting from Lowry over six Struce, like a two of five, one of five from Oladipo, yeah. one of five from Tyler Hero. Like these yeah. are the guys that you need to hit. I mean, look, each one of those guys certainly capable of hitting at least one more shot. That's the case. Miami wins by four, right? And it never comes right. down to just something that easy, but it kind of sort of feels like it does. And I, and I look, I, to Spoh's point, again, I understand there were some defensive breakdowns. Harden made some big plays. They couldn't get those stops. You still score 108 points. Yeah. Maybe that's enough, but you kind of need you to gotta assume that you're. Shot. You're going to assume that James Harden is going to break you down at this point, right? You're going to assume that Joel Embiid is going to break you down and they're going to have big buckets and they're going to make tough shots. The one egregious one was the backdoor cut to Tobias Harris at the end there. And I don't know if Miami was doing some sort of box and one at the end. It was a kind of a weird zone that they had. Um, whatever it did, whatever they were trying it was specifically geared towards stopping Harden. Uh, I know we'll talk about Harden later on, but yeah. I mean, he was as much a reason why the game went the way it did than Embiid or the poor three-point shooting. He was awesome uh, down the stretch for them. So, um, yeah, I try not to worry too much about the shooting stuff, but yeah. um, it does, like, going back to the Duncan Robinson thing, like, tonight was a night where it was like, you might as well throw him out there. Eric Spolster was not answering the question. He basically dodged the question. He said, yeah, I considered yeah. it. Obviously, he didn't put didn't him in. Didn't do it. So, yeah. Um, I don't know that we have another situation. Hopefully we don't have another situation this dire where Eric Spolster, if it, if it was this bad and Eric Spolster just only considered it and still didn't ultimately put Duncan Robinson in, he's probably not going to see time in this series. I don't know. I understand the the reasoning behind it. Um, his, his foul proneness Pro would be a yeah. huge issue in this series. And I understand Sorry. that Eric Spolster is probably scared of just doing that um i get it but it felt like tonight they could have used him for sure I, I think we've just we've seen the flip side of that script though uh, a duncan like even when he's not knocking down shots his ability to change the defense so much yeah. because of his incredible gravity like that's something max does not have mm -hmm. lowry doesn't have it tyler doesn't have it it's just different like you, you just have to send multiple guys out especially when duncan's coming off a of screen after screen just resetting, changing the way the offense flows. The defense is drawn to him. All of a sudden, it, it just moves things around differently. I, I just, I, I'm flummoxed. I don't know what it is. And I, again, yeah, yeah, you brought up a good point. The foul prone nature at a point where you're already going to put Embiid and, and Harden on the line 27 times. Sure, I get it. But I mean, they're getting to the line 27 times anyway yeah. with him not on the floor. It's like at this point, yeah. throw him out there, give him a couple of minutes, have a couple of shots go down. Maybe that's a difference. If five minutes, if Gabe Vincent's struggling out there, if Kyle's struggling out there, and it looks like he may not even be available for game five, who knows? He talked about it after the show, after the game, and, and he wasn't quite sure. The plan is at this yeah. point for him to be available to get treatment in Miami and see where he progresses from here. But somewhere down the stretch, I mean, again, but, no it's not, James Harden doesn't play all 48 minutes. Put him in when James Harden is on the bench, and you don't have to worry. It's not as big of an issue. I, I just, yeah, it, it 
it's a little it's a little weird. It's it's very strange how 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 steadfast Eric Spolster is in not yeah. playing Duncan Robinson. He has his reasons, right? Um, I just I'm with you. I think that there's so much that he can do, especially in a couple of games like we had in game three and game four. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about who deserves the most blame for tonight's loss and then where we are in the panic meter, because it's a lot higher than it was just a couple days ago. I'll tell you that much. But before we do that, just a reminder that betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball and this weekend's run to the roses. Oh, Kentucky Derby. I didn't watch who, who won that. But I'm sure it was an exciting race. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the odds against Miami are well a lot higher now than they were just a couple of days ago too. So make sure you place your bets now. If you still, you're, if you're, it's not going to happen to Heat in five, but if you're still a believer in Heat in six, now's the time to go place your bet. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Back here with Locked On Heat. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Also, make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the author of the NBA Big Board newsletter gives you an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, he's got big boards. It's free. It's available wherever you get podcasts. David? Yep. I got that losing feeling. Which means I'm in the kitchen. I'm going to eat my feelings, and I'm going to whip up a big, big old heaping blame pie here. Um, a lot of blame, I think, to go around. We were talking about Eric Spolstra a little bit there. I know that you placed some of the blame on him after Game Three on a Friday night. I think it. We have to do that again um, to go back to the Duncan Robinson point there too. It just felt like Miami had a lot of success tonight running those dribble handoffs to Max Strus and Tyler Hero off of BAM screens, getting Joel Embiid to come out a little bit, space the floor a little bit more, and then almost get behind him, make make action happen behind Joel Embiid, backdoor cuts and those sort of things. Um, even when even when Joel Embiid didn't come all the way up to the level of the screen and he, he just dropped the way that he typically does for Philadelphia's defense, it opened up that entire mid-range area, that yep. space that Tyler Hero got a lot of good looks and missed a lot of looks from too. But you've got to think if Duncan Robinson is running off those screens, that mid-range area is only going to be larger, right? Like there's only he, he creates so much space. But not only was the Duncan Robinson decision kind of, you know, egregious, egregious, questionable, whatever. Um, I Eric Spoelstra pulled a lot of levers defensively down the stretch. He tried Oladipo on Harden, tried PJ Tucker on him, tried Jimmy Butler on him for a little bit. Like I said, tried some sort of box and one zone at the end there. Tried just some normal traditional type of zone. Uh, mixed up the placement of the players in the zone, going over the screens, going under the screens, playing him to one side, like all these things. And I just don't know that you can blame Spo for James Harden going off. I just think yeah. you have to give credit to James Harden. I actually thought their defense against Joel Embiid was really good, the way that they it were was. fronting him and denying him. There was yeah. a lot to like, I thought, from Spo- Spo's performance uh, coaching-wise tonight. Um, it's just the Duncan Robinson decision is so loud, and I don't know if that means that we still have to give him some blame. Also, not knowing if Duncan Robinson would have fixed all of Miami's issues. That's fair. Um, we got some blowback, uh, I did, I guess, specifically for pointing at Spo. It's not like it was his fault in Game 3 that uh, those players were not hitting their shots. You could say the same thing about tonight. But uh, while he was able to pull just the right strings defensively, at least for the most part, 
uh, you figure he has to do the yeah. same job offensively. And, and somehow when you have so many players struggling so completely and blatantly from three-point range, you got to try something else. I mean, you, yeah. it's not like this is an unproven player either. Like just two years ago, he was in the finals hitting big shots against the Los Angeles Lakers and, and coming up huge and, and being a, a key player for that playoff run. I just, how do you overlook that considering all the things that he's done? And now it's just come, you know, it's become so easy to just take him out because he did struggle. He was not as phenomenal as he was just last season or the year before that. But I mean, Hey, you know, you can't shoot 40% all the time, yeah. but you know what? Maybe it wouldn't have been tonight. Maybe he hits a couple of shots. Maybe he goes three of seven again. That's, that's the difference right there. I mean, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to be elite. You don't have to even go six of seven or six of eight, which we know he's certainly capable of. But, you know, if he just hits three shots, yeah. that's a huge difference in Miami's favor. But then again, here we are giving out playing pie and spo. Ever the masochist decides he likes the taste of it and wants to go for another <laughs> slice. So he gets a small 5% okay. slice, you know, maybe a quarter or an eighth of a pie. Fair enough. Um, look, I'm going to be pretty easy about this. I'm giving a third of this blame pie to Tyler Hero. I'm giving a third of it to Max Drews. I'm giving a third of it to Kyle Lowry. When Duncan Robinson's not in the game, when Caleb Martin's not playing, when um, Gabe Vincent is limited minutes that are basically based on Kyle Lowry's overall well-being and availability, the three-point shooting comes down to those three guys. If you get, like, P.J. Tucker is a corner three-point shooter. He made a three tonight, but he does so much more for the Heat than just the three-point shooting that I don't think that ultimately it falls on him how Miami performs from beyond the arc. Uh, same goes for Jimmy Butler. If he's making threes, it's bonus. I think he made the most threes on the team tonight, right? He did. Um, so that's a problem. Um, yeah, he was tied with Max. Like him and Max Struess made two, and like I said, Struess made a fake one at the end that nobody cares about. So um, it, it it's those three guys. Like that's the three point shooting. We you can you could blow it up. You could be like Oladipo did this, like whatever. Like those three guys have to make their shots, and they had so many open looks. Like where I thought, especially. Hero, Struess, and Lowry compared to Oladipo. Like, Oladipo, his looks were a little bit more contested, a little bit more off the dribble that he was doing. I mean, he had some catch-and-shoot opportunities, but he's, again... He got to the like, line 10 times. He makes. And yeah, exactly. Hero, Struess, Lowry. I'm gonna, and you could actually argue that Hero should get a lot more than Struess and Lowry because Lowry's on the bum hamstring. He's doing his best. Struess is, at the end of the day, a catch-and-shoot guy. Tyler Hero missed a couple of really big buckets at the end there. Made some questionable reads out of, out of traps out of Philadelphia's traps uh, in the second half. Um, so I almost give Tyler here like 50%, and then you could split up the, the rest of it between Struess, Lowry, and, and Spo, however you like. But they got to be better. They have to be better. Uh, you could also put some blame slash credit to Philadelphia's players because, I mean, you have to be honest. Uh, they, they had a really good I mean, game. of course. Yeah, I mean, if we're being Matisse real. Matisse Teibel, yeah. he, he's, been, he's been really, really good as the quote-unquote defensive stopper. He has been – hounding Tyler constantly. He matches his minutes to Tyler's and he's been very effective yeah. at challenging everything he does. And, and for the most part, he's like, you know, obviously he's been very effective and then hard. And uh, I did not expect it. I texted you about it. I said, you know, he got foul trouble early on in the first quarter and he gets a little bit more rest than he might normally get. And I'm thinking, Oh, does this mean that he might have more energy late in the game? And that wound up uh, being the case. Cause he just, he seemed energized and you never want to yeah. give a player with his history. We haven't seen this version of Harden, very often, certainly not in the playoffs, but yet 
it's still a possibility, and it was evident tonight that he's still very much an elite level scorer. He didn't need a lot of space. Again, he was defended very, very well for the most part, and just knocking down shot after shot, getting to the line, getting to the rim with ease. That, yeah, that step back is back. Like that, that was a huge problem for Miami. And then all of a sudden, you have they they start closing out really hard on that step back after he made a couple, and that opened up the entire driving lane for him. Yeah. I don't know if we're gonna get that version of James Harden for the rest of this series. Well, I didn't think um, we'd get it at all, but here we are. But he's actually, I think the pendulum has swung a little too far in the other, like the, the James Harden is washed direction. Like he's still an effective player, right? He's a really good playmaker, has been all series for them. He's been able to create drive and kick opportunities the entire series, right? Yep. The whole series. Um, and Miami has been forced to double him and, and trap him and do things uh, creatively to defend him. Uh, but tonight he was just making those shots that we just really haven't seen um from him basically since he became a Philadelphia 76er up until tonight so um I don't know if he's gonna keep doing it but boy did he look like he was really psyched right like he looked amped up he was really yeah. excited you can almost just see him screaming just letting letting loose the fact that he's back like this was like a redemption game for James Harden whether or not that proves true I don't know but you know he's feeling a lot better going to Miami than he did uh the first couple times he was here in this series so could be a problem, definitely. And then Joel Embiid played a bunch of minutes too, and uh, he started to slow down in the second half, just like he did in Game Three. He was a little bit less effective, um, yeah. but that's why you have James Harden to close it out, I suppose. Um, yeah, credit to them. Obviously, they won the game tonight. Philadelphia yeah. deserved to win this game tonight. Um, but if you're the Heat, you need more from those three guys. Yeah, yeah. You look at Philadelphia's numbers, and and they got contributions all across the board, like. Danny Green had 11 points, including a four-point play. Tobias Harris had that dunk that you mentioned on an alley-oop backdoor cut. Uh, you know, 10 points for George Neon, his best game of the series by far. Even five points from Tybal, who's really just counted on for his defensive presence. They got a combination yeah. of scoring from everybody. Miami was basically Butler and Adebayo with some points here and there from Oladipo, but not enough to really make a difference. Just a couple more shots. Again, this is ultimately what it feels like it boils down to. A couple more shots from Max or yep. Kyle or Tyler Hero. This is a different game. Miami wins it, goes down to Miami up 3-1 with a chance to close out the series at home. Instead, two games apiece now. Where should we be on the panic meter? Well, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But before that, just wanted to remind you that this is a show sponsored by Built Bar. Look, summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you wherever you're going. On family vacations, you can throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks when they go to summer camp. Make sure that everyone has a bar so they're fueled for their summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious flavor for health. With Built Bar, you can have both, and it's easy all you have to do is go to built.com and order now. So many great flavors to choose from. You could try their built puffs, covered a marshmallow flavored, covered in 100% real chocolate. All their bars are covered in chocolate, so they're soft and easy to chew. No chalky aftertaste. You don't even know you're eating a protein bar. It tastes like you're eating a candy bar without any of the guilt that you might associate from doing so. Again, they're the perfect snack when you're on the go, when you need a little fuel, when you're in between meetings, when you want to fuel a workout, etc. Built. Bars are the option for you. So go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, but use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to built.com. Just a reminder, you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Wes, 
a lot of different energy over the last week here. Miami up two games to zero. No Joel Embiid. And I think Heat Nation was pretty confident. I know you and I both were. I thought they'd steal at least one game in Philadelphia. And while it looked like they had found, well, maybe not the answer, but they adjusted a little bit more effectively to Philadelphia and the presence of Joel Embiid. You mentioned the defense on Embiid, et cetera. Yeah. They just wound up falling short. And now two games apiece going back into Miami. Should we ask the question right away? Where are you on the yeah. panic meter? Uh, I am relatively panicked. Uh, if if the meter is like not panicked at all, kind of panicked, sort of panicked, really panicked, I'm probably somewhere between sort of panicked and really panicked. The you you kind of have to lean up against the variance part of this and say, okay, how real is the three point shooting problem? Yep. How much is it just this freak of nature, like Houston Rockets game six Western Conference Finals, just freaky one off, never will happen again, even though it happened for two straight games. Um, <laughs> and if, if if there is going to be like regression to the mean and stuff like this, you got to believe that the Heat are going to go the complete other way and and shoot the lights out at some point in one of these games in Miami. And on the same side of that. Philly has just shot better than 50% over the last two games from beyond the arc. They can't miss a shot. And so you've got to think that they're going to go the other way also and look a little bit closer to what they looked like in the first two games. That said, Joel Embiid wasn't a part of those first two games when the Heat were shooting well and when the Sixers were not. Uh, James Harden wasn't playing like this in the first couple games, even though he was effective. He wasn't like doing this stuff. So part of it is, okay, the process versus the results here. I think ultimately where I'm kind of falling on this is the Sixers won't shoot as well. The Heat won't shoot as poorly, but the Sixers are still going to be playing well. And the Heat have some things that they need to figure out, uh, namely how they're going to guard both Joel Embiid and James Harden because they are getting crushed when those two guys are on the court together. Crushed right now. Um, They have things that they need to figure out. Right now, Philadelphia has the high ground in this series, even though it's going back to to Miami for uh, this next game. But what ultimately I come down to this, this is a real series. Now it wouldn't shock me if it went seven games, I almost expect it. And because I think it goes seven games and we're looking at a game seven scenario here, then you have to be relatively panicked. I also don't think that this is going to be the heat getting, you know, basically swept with Joel Embiid involved in this series. I don't think that they're going to lose the next couple of games. I do think they'll bounce back. Yeah. Tonight's game felt winnable. Uh, You know, those shots, Fairly open, um, you know, a lot of good looks there to suppose credit. I mean, what he mentioned in his postgame presser, uh, the looks were there for Max and everybody else. It just weren't falling. You can't completely discredit Philadelphia's defense, but I think a lot of it was just Miami getting in their head and just kind of hoping and praying as they saw mm-hmm. that double-digit le- deficit. It's like, oh, can this shot fall? And then you're kind of rushing a little bit. Maybe you're, you're kind of your head's in it in a way that it shouldn't be. And you're not you're, you're thinking too much as you're trying to get that shot to fall. That's uh, kind of a recipe for disaster. You know, Kyle in particular miss a lot of good looks that he has made throughout the season, probably just because you know he's limited physically. He's he's yeah. A, a well, he's missing him short. There. He's missing him short, which is a, is a clear sign that this hamstring is still messing right. with him. Um, that's another reason, though. To like, that's another thing that we have to factor into the panic meter. Is yeah. Well, is Kyle Lowry even going to play Game Five? You can make the argument that he would be better off without him playing. And I think that they might make that case to Kyle and say, hey, we need you at 100% because anything less than you at 100% right now is not helping us. And and Gabe Vincent might be better off here because he gave him a nice couple-minute spurt there when Kyle Lowry went back to the locker room. Um, that's part of it. 
that's definitely part of it. You could also make the argument that Jimmy Butler has been the best player in this series still. I'd say that's pretty clear. Yeah. So the fact that they have the best player in the series right now, uh, that's your that only hope. Well, for the Heat, right? They just right. is is. I mean, what, what's Charles Barkley's thing? Driving the bus, like right now, Jimmy Butler is driving the Heat's bus, and everybody else is still at the bus stop. They haven't even gotten on the bus. Like, they're not even. Max like, Cruz's map is upside down. Like uh, nobody has a right. <laughs> Hero slept in. Yeah, yeah, he's on the bus. He's he's in the bathroom, <laughs> falling over the toilet or something like that. Yeah, he's just a mess. Uh, there's concerns about Tyler. Like, I mean, I, I know we brought it up in the previous segment, but he's just he does not look. He does not look quite right. Uh, this is a little surprising. The trapping thing really is screwing with him. It's yeah, messing it, him up. It, yeah, it is. Everybody's a little bit off. And I, and I know things will, to your point, I, I am also panicking, not slightly, I'd say not significantly either, kind of just, oh, I'm, I'm in panic mode. I think it's pretty clear. I'm not significantly packing. I, I just, I, I do think that there are some concerns here because you're kind of counting on this. You, you need, at this point, you need to win game six. Because yes. you don't want to go in there uh, back to Philadelphia for games. For, so you need to this win game five because you don't want to go back. Because yeah. you don't want to go into game six there when they're at home. Like that was the whole point. And this is why mm-hmm. you know, Philadelphia has had their backs against the wall being down that two hole, that two hole. They needed to be able to win these two games or if not going down to three, one and back to Miami for game five, likely to lose the series there, which is why I thought Miami and yes. five was a pretty good pick. Now it seems to your point, I think it's going to go seven games. I think Miami has to win. Obviously, game five for them to have any chance whatsoever, yeah. and then see what happens in game six. If you can steal the game at six, that's fine. Obviously, that'd be great. But given how Miami has struggled with their shooting there in Philadelphia, how they have yeah. not necessarily gone the foul calls that they might have wanted, and maybe the whistle's a little bit more friendly for Philadelphia, that's going to happen in every home court. You can't admit Miami's going to take advantage of it on Tuesday night. That's just the reality of it. Uh, Miami just has to win. They have to figure it out uh, if they have any chance right now. This, moving on. This is why you played for the number one seed, right? Is that in Absolutely. a game seven scenario, you've got you home want court, that edge. And Philadelphia yeah. doesn't. You've got the edge. This is why it matters. Miami is being pushed right now. This ultimately, if we really want to zoom out on this, if if the Heat advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, them being pushed right now could be the best thing for them because they weren't pushed in Atlanta. Not if no. if Joel and B never came back, they would not have been pushed in this series. And they would have basically played a preseason going into the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, where Milwaukee and Boston right now are are in the middle of a really, really competitive, tough series. Whichever team comes out of that would have the leg up, I think, on the Heat. Even if that was going to go seven, you could talk about rest and whatever. But when you're in that mindset, man, and you're taking that into the Eastern Conference Finals, that beats the team that's just blowing teams out by 15 to 20 points and just cruising to the final. I would rather I'd rather have the test earlier on. First and now the Heat are being tested, so we'll see. I, I, I'm not trying to do too much of like a, a positive Heat spin here, um, but it's it's an interesting dynamic. This is a much different series than the one that did not have Joel Embiid. That much is clear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we'll be covering Game Five as always, so make sure to stay tuned for that and always subscribe to the show so you can get the best coverage available. Uh, just a reminder again that you can always reach out to us via email or e- uh, or via Twitter. We love getting your feedback, and you can always mm-hmm. leave comments in the sections there on YouTube. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to the Locked On NBA show from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the NBA Finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis from all 30 teams. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B. Like and subscribe. Subscribe.